1: a dixie chick some days you gotta dance you're on in your face on 3cr with james on today's show we interview activist rochelle johnson and political insider neil farrow about the passage of the births and marriages amendment bill in victoria that enables gender self-determination on birth certificates
2: you're listening to 3cr radio
1: in your face we'd like to thank thornhubber health for their financial support of this program Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities. A future without HIV and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more about them, search Thornhaber Health on your search engine or find them on Facebook. And we do have Rochelle Johnson on the line. Rochelle, welcome back to In Your Face. Hi, thanks. Great to be here. Congratulations on the passage of the births, deaths and marriages amendment bill this week. You must be, first of all, very relieved. How are you feeling?
3: Yeah, initially very, very relieved and happy. But, you know, it's a bit of a, um, we're in that kind of no man. Sort of no person space at the moment until it actually becomes something. You can actually go down. The, the, we can't quite yet go down to the office and make it happen. You know, we've got to wait for the process to be put in place. But nevertheless, it's, yeah, fantastic, phenomenal news you know, that our community has been looking to see happen for a long time. And after devastation of three years ago, we were able to celebrate on Tuesday night the passage. So,
1: Not long, yeah. though, until it gets assent and becomes legislation. Only a week or so, surely, or maybe even just a few days.
3: Yeah, look, I think the the assent's one part of the piece, but then the other part of that piece is is the birth, deaths and marriages department actually having the infrastructure in place that they're in to actually be able to make that actual happen. So everyone don't rush down to the birth, deaths and marriages department tomorrow because you'll be disappointed, unfortunately. You know, there's that kind of thing when legislation happens. Sometimes it takes a bit of time for processes to be put in place. so.
1: So what is the government saying about the timeline?
3: So they haven't said anything specifically outside of they put a uh, proviso in the legislation saying that at the latest, it will be in place by May 20 next year. So obviously, we're hoping it's not going to be anywhere near that long for it to happen. But but who knows? The power of bureaucracy, sometimes the wheels turn slowly.
1: The legislation, of course, passed 26 votes to 14 in the upper house. We're surprised by the ease of its passage in the end.
3: Oh yeah, I was. It was, uh, you know, we, I think we went into that, into parliament on Tuesday thinking, feeling quietly confident that we had the three votes of Andy from the Animal Justice Party, the Greens vote and, the, and Fiona Patton's vote in the bag. But as the day progressed and, you know, I think it was four others came across, came across to our side and um, announced that they were supporting the legislation. So I think as the day went on, the, the confidence was quietly building, building, and um, you know by the time we emerged for the dinner break, we were quite confident that we that we were um, going to see it pass.
1: So tell us who on the crossbench besides the three that you just mentioned, who actually also voted in favour of the
3: act? Yeah, so there was the um, the two Lib Democrats, they were a surprise to me, but I guess in some regards we shouldn't be surprised. If their idea is small government and not much, and not too much interference in our public lives, I guess that makes sense at some at some level. An independent, as well, was another forgotten her name. She was a doctor. Sorry, I just can't place her name offhand. And then the most surprising, I think, was in oh, also the um, Transport Matters Party. And um, he was convinced, as someone who came into Parliament on a fairly um, small uh, small platform and um, felt that he was represent- representing a, a small minority group, felt that, you know, well, if I can support one minority group, surely I should do the same for another. And then the Sustainability Australia party member, I think was the biggest surprise to all of us because he stood up and announced that as he um, had listened to the debate throughout the day, he had changed his mind. He'd gone into Parliament that day preparing to vote against the legislation, but on hearing the the, the speeches of the supporters and, uh, and contained within that the stories from the community, he was convinced that the urgency of the legislation was more important than any regulatory questions he, ha- he had about how it would roll out.
1: So tell us about some of those speeches in favour of the legislation. There must have been some very moving ones. Who stood out?
3: Yeah, look I think um it's very hard to go past Andy Andy Medic's speech, you know, as a, as a parent of a of a trans young man to to share his story and his journey and how that had been for him. Um was very emotional. Andy was very emotional, obviously, struggled with his own tears as we all struggled with our own tears as we listened. So that w- that was definitely a standout. But there was just uh, story upon story upon story. I mean, I think the community had worked hard to share our stories with the politicians over, I guess, over the last few years. But in particular, over the last few weeks.
1: Anyone from the government who gave a moving speech that you'd like to acknowledge? Was there anyone in particular that that stood out from them?
3: Yeah, several several of them, but particularly Harriet Shing um, when she was she spoke first for the government and, and she she stood up and she. Um, she stood up and announced, my name's Harriet, my pronouns are she, her, and which obviously was a very validating start to a speech for, a, for the gender diverse community. Mm-hmm. And then she she went on to just share passionately about what this legislation was about and to dispel the myths of all the things that it certainly wasn't about. You know, dispelling the myths of the, the invasion of feminist space, women's spaces, and the the invasion of women's sport and all of those ridiculous things that we've been hearing ad nauseum and uh, and the association of trans people with, with criminals and pedophiles, which was certainly something that the opposition thought was quite an appropriate thing to be saying on the floor of Parliament.
1: In terms of the opposition, was there anyone who stood out as being particularly vile in the Upper House with their speeches?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, although I didn't witness much of the content... Uh, as we bernie finn when he got up to speak we all knew what he was likely to say so quite a lot a lot of the advocates actually just thought we're going to give him a sign and we stood up and walked out but a few people did stay and 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 he was particularly vile you know he, he his homophobia and transphobia was well and truly on display as he likened us all to pedophiles and criminals
1: horrific isn't it
3: very can
1: you tell us a bit about the mood in the gallery when the legislation passed? Can you kind of describe the scene for us?
3: Yeah, a big cheer, a lot of um a lot of clapping and cheering and but overall I think uh, obviously joy. But I think the overall um feeling was that of relief and relief. And and then we they very quickly went on to their next item of business and we made our way down into the downstairs area and um, took photos and hugged and cried and and laughed and and all of that. It was very joyous. Some of the politicians made their their exits and came and post with photos and and uh, photos and hugs and it was very much um, very much I uh, really just it was like just being in a really beautiful queer space in some respect.
1: Sounds absolutely lovely. Tell us about some of the gender uh, diverse community identities that that might have been there.
3: Uh, there was a lot, yeah, there was in terms of organizations, I mean or just generally in identity? both
1: both, yeah, like you know yeah. from organizations and perhaps some of the people our listeners may know.
3: Yeah, sure. Well, the, the, the usual suspects such as um, the Transgender Victoria were there, um, both Sally Goldner and Brenda Appleton was there, a bunch of people from the Queer Greens Victoria were there, um, including Effie Eldon and, and a few others. There were a number of trans and gender diverse kids there, which was really great to see there with their parents and um who were obviously very protective whenever there was something not very nice being said. But it was great for them to hear those uh, affirmative stories as well. There were... Georgie Stone was there with Rebecca Robertson, her mum. Who else was there? Um, Jeremy Wiggins was there. Yeah, a bunch of people. Anna Brown... And Sage from Equality Australia were there. So we had a real smattering of both trans women, trans men and um, non-binary and genderqueer and gender diverse people generally, generally there from a, a whole age range from the young right through to those we would consider elders of our community.
1: Did you find that the eyes of the gender diverse world were on Victoria this week uh, with this legislation? Has there been much of a reaction from overseas? It is groundbreaking um, legislation for the Australian mainland, isn't
3: it? Yeah, well, well, it's it's quite similar to the Tasmanian legislation, I think. But I think that both this legislation and the Tasmanian legislation are the most progressive birth certificate reforms that we've seen in Australia. I haven't seen a lot of international reaction other than just general news pieces from around the world, just, you know, fairly fairly much just stating, yes, yeah, this has happened, this is what it means... Uh, yeah, a lot of there has been a, a lot of support from other groups around on the social feed, um, and of course a fair amount of reaction from our our, our lovely friends at the Australian and organisations such as Binary.org. I saw today that the Binary had released a lovely video telling telling everyone that the Victorian government now hates women because they passed this legislation. But, you know, we'll we'll let them speak into their echo chamber pretty much.
1: Any reaction from the Prime Minister? I know he's been a bit obsessed with uh, bathrooms in his department this week.
3: Yes, I haven't seen any specific reaction from him. If I, ha- if, I- if there has been, I've thankfully missed it because I can imagine what it would be. It would be something the same along the lines as his response to the-, the cricket guidelines we saw recently and his response to the, as you said, the, um, the bathrooms. Someone dared to put up a gender neutral sign in the Prime Minister and Cabinet office and. Somehow, that's um, political correctness has gone mad again. But I think um, I think we 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 have to face the fact we are in a world now where our um, the leader of our nation is a homophobe, he's a transphobe. He's it's not like I don't think that's really much news to anyone when you look at his form and the things that he chooses to comment on. I think that it's fairly clear cut. That's where that's where he stands.
1: Rochelle, what's the next big campaign for you? Any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I think the next big thing for me is... um, I'd love the next big thing for me to be birth certificate reform in New South Wales and Queensland. But I think the reality is that's a fair way off yet, as much as that's disappointing, given the, the governments that are in play. And also in New South Wales, particularly they're grappling with the abortion question at the moment. I don't think there's any appetite for them to grapple with anything else um, at this point, but also I think the introduction, uh, the release of the so-called religious freedom legislation in the last couple of days is certainly going to see our community as exhausted as we are, line up again, ready to um, to fight and to say yet again that we're just human We're equal, just like you. We just want to be treated with the same respect and dignity that every human should be treated with.
1: Um, Absolutely. There's a rally in Melbourne, I believe, about that as well. Uh, Rochelle, congratulations on the passage of the births, deaths and marriages amendment bill. The act as it is now. Uh, Thank you so much for chatting and uh, we'll talk again on 3CR. Anytime.
3: Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.
1: The wonderful Rochelle Johnson there. It is almost 20 after four. You are on In Your Face on 3CR. Here's Milk.
2: I'm on this train, I'm on this train I'm on this downtown underground New York subway train Blind man singing those songs of praise Grooving down the carriage to the beat of his cane Fill up his cup, he'll bless your name I'm on this train, I'm on this this train train. I'm on this train, train. I'm on this train Downtown underground New York subway train. On this mischief. I'm on this train. I'm on this train. I'm on this downtown underground New York subway train. Red lines closed at Canal and Church. White smoke burning from a hole in the dirt. Peace train, stroll on this goddamn word. i on this train. I'm on this train. I'm on this train. I'm on this downtown, new new train. On this train I'm on this downtown underground New York subway train, And I'm on this train 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 I'm on this train
1: Milk there. Train song. You're on In Your Face on 3CR with James. On the line, we have political insider Neil Farrow. Neil, welcome back to In Your Face.
0: Good afternoon. It's great to be back on air.
1: Neil, great to have you on board. The Andrews government must be relieved the births, deaths and marriages amendment bill passed so easily this week, giving it a good news story.
0: Look, I think it's uh, a long overdue. Uh, it's something the government tried about three or four years ago unsuccessfully last time because of the makeup of the upper house. But look, it was really great this time to see it go through both houses of Parliament and some really amazing speeches by um, a lot of the crossbenchers, particularly in the Upper House, which was absolutely astounding, as well as members of the government who helped to usher it through. So it has been a good week for our community.
1: And just speaking of our community, of course, Harriet Shing opened up proceedings in the Upper House, uh, a member of the LGBTIQ community and a rising star in the Andrews government, I believe.
0: Absolutely. And and look, Harriet is not only a member of the LGBTI community, uh, but she's also representing a sort of outer suburban and rural and regional electorate and has been really amazing with some of the roadshows that Commissioner Allen has been undertaking and and making sure there's access across the community, not just in Melbourne, but further afield.
1: So what are government MPs saying now that the Act has passed? What's the discourse like?
0: Look, I think there's been a lot of celebration. There's been a number of people who have been uh, fighting and campaigning for this for a great many years, both in Parliament and and members across Rainbow Labor generally. You know, people like Jill Hennessy and Jenny Makarkos have been personally championing this across uh, the caucus, Martin Foley. So, you know, I think there's a lot of of relief that this has finally passed. Unfortunately, uh, as the week turned Uh, With the introduction of what's happening federally, there was a little bit of a a concern, particularly with the laws that have been introduced by Christian Porter, that there may actually be some further implications for the state. So what started with jubilation is now sort of a little bit of caution due to the introduction of some of the federal religious uh, religious, religious laws that are being introduced by the conservative government federally.
1: What could the impacts of that be?
0: So the biggest impact by the legislation as it's drafted at the moment is the federal government is trying to what's called take the field or own the field. So under Australian law, if there's an inconsistency between state and federal legislation, federal legislation provides Uh, and overrides effectively. So it owns the field. Now, states like Victoria and Tasmania actually have quite progressive LGBTI reforms around anti-discrimination and around protections and, and offending and intimidation and a number of other components. And the Commonwealth legislation, as it's drafted, will actually removed some of the protections that exist under Tasmanian and Victorian law because it is the Commonwealth effectively trying to take the field. And look, it's a bit more complicated than that, and, and speak to a constitutional lawyer, but the long and the short of it is the more progressive states do actually have quite a substantial risk of the Commonwealth government legislating into this area.
1: So it sounds like the our federal government wants a pathway to the High Court to overturn progressive states' anti-discrimination laws.
0: And that's pretty much what this legislation has been drafted to do. So, you know, the examples that have been given have been particularly Tasmanian, where members of the LGBTI community have successfully litigated uh, around people who have said horrific and horrendous things to the LGBTI community. And this is the federal government trying to clamp back on some of the progressive state movements. So, you know, what started the week in, in jubilation for the LGBTI community down in Victoria, we then saw by the back half of the week the Prime Minister cracking the shits over, you know, his department having gender-inclusive bathroom signs and then the introduction of uh, a federal law which could potentially wind back some of the protections that we have in Victoria and Tasmania. So... um A turbulent week in politics with great news out of um, the progressive state of Victoria, but less so from our federal colleagues up in Canberra.
1: Let's focus on the Liberals for a moment here in Victoria. Their leader, Michael O'Brien, denied them a conscience vote on the births, deaths and marriages amendment bill. Uh, What do you think that says about his leadership? And are there some rumblings from progressive Liberals who would have liked to have voted yes?
0: Well, look, I think the biggest thing that we've seen about the Liberal Party here in Victoria and my parents are both swinging voters, even though my politics is clearly Labor, is is the Liberal Party has gone very hard right on a number of conservative issues. And, and we see this across the LGBTI space. We see this across, you know, abortion. We see this across a number of, of issues around gender and, and women and equality. And what's really hard is there are some good people in the Liberal Party still within their ranks, but the bulk of the party now is is so far extreme and conservative that they're just fighting these issues. And and that's at a political level, but a much more personal level, like listening to Andy Medic's speech up in the upper house, who's the Animal uh, Justice Party, MLC, and talking about his son. You know, what astounds me through all of this discussion is the vitriol that they're targeting towards individual people in our community who just want to live their life. And, you know... It shows how detached the Liberal Party is becoming Victoria over the fact that they just can't empathise someone who might be trans or a family member or a friend of someone who's intersex or or queer. And that empathy, I think, is even more worrying than their conservative bent and lack of a conscience vote.
1: So it sounds like you think it's unlikely Michael O'Brien will allow a conscience vote on any legislation to do with our queer conversion therapy that may come up.
2: Well, look,
0: it's definitely going to be a challenge. You know, Victoria is trying to lead the way around things like the queer conversion therapy or the anti-gay conversion therapy legislation. They've tried to lead the way on birth and death certific- birth certificates and other sort of legal reform. But if the Liberal Party is continuing to vote as a bloc against all of these reforms, then I really think they're out of touch with Victoria. And I think they're out of touch with most supporters of the Liberal Party as well. Like, the whole concept of libertarianism is you let people do what they want, and this is a party that wants a small government when it comes to social welfare and protecting the community, but big government legislating about people's rights in the bedroom. Like the hypocrisy of that is astounding.
1: Is there a potential progressive challenger within the Liberal Party to Michael O'Brien's leadership that you're aware of? Who I'm would you aware nominate? Of-
0: I'm, I'm not aware of any. Look, I think the one that would have been most likely in that position, uh, uh, lost his seat in Hawthorne, was John Fasuto, who is regarded as a moderate. But, you know, Michael O'Brien clearly wishes to keep on this anti-gay, anti-women, you know, anti-everything agenda. And I just really think it shows, one, how, much, how little empathy they have over others in the Victorian community and too hard of touch they are with most Victorians.
1: In terms of your own political career, you must be very pleased in terms of your own political currency uh, regarding a tilt at Peran in 2022 after this Birth, Deaths and Marriages Amendment bill passed. It's a good news story for you to sell.
0: Look, I've, I've been involved in Rainbow Layers since about 2006. So I was uh, national chair for six or seven years and help navigate a whole heap of federal reforms. But I, I won't be putting my hand forward for PRAN in, in 2022, but we'll still obviously uh, be involved and, and connected to the party. But um, you know, I've given it two shots and, and the community has spoken and I think um, it would be disrespectful for the people of PRAN to say, you know, you made a mistake twice, uh, you need to elect someone different. But the bigger question there is we still have very few LGBTI people in Parliament in Victoria. We obviously have Harriet in the Upper House, but... Um, You know, my broader push, uh, whether you're Liberal or or Labor, is we really need more LGBTI people in the Victorian Parliament, and our representation is the lowest in Australia. And whichever that seat is, uh, you should definitely be thinking about getting involved, joining a political party, and, and running so we can change those statistics come 2022.
1: Where are you looking at politically? Do you have a seat in mind? I mean, you can't just be giving up, surely.
0: Uh, no, no, no. Maybe just having a bit of a break. Look, my um, my work life means that I get to do a lot to impact the community and involved with you know LGBTI philanthropy and and social purposes and causes and and that gives a lot of purpose and meaning. And and I I say that I entered politics to change the world, not to become a politician. So there's plenty of uh, plenty of other ways for me to try and do the right thing and and change the world. And and some of that might be encouraging more LGBTI people into Parliament. But I still live in my little apartment with my dog in St Kilda East. So, you know, I haven't moved anywhere or done anything adventurous since the election.
1: Well, we'll have to keep an eye on this space, Neil, because in my experience, politicians or or candidates don't really uh, lose the taste easily.
0: Uh, Well, definitely uh, always love jumping on the show. And, um, you know, it's a really interesting space. And I think it's good to have some more voices talking about the LGBTI community on radio and on shows like yours.
1: Awesome stuff. Neil, thanks so much for joining us on 3CR. Much appreciated. No problems. Have a great afternoon. You too. Cheers. You've been listening to a
0: 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR
1: in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.